President Biden to address the nation tonight with plans to combat this shocking rise in Omicron cases now. Build Back Better is dead, or maybe not. The latest developments in D.C.'s lamest soap opera. And Trump <laughs> says he got his booster and gets booed for it. A politically heavy Tuesday need to know. Let's go. Good morning, everybody. This is Cheddar's Need to Know podcast for December 21st, the winter solstice. I am Carlo Bersano here with Baker Machado. Baker, the days start getting longer as of tomorrow. Oh, uh, well, Carlo, if you're stuck inside your house like I am, well, I guess like all of us really are, uh, all the days kind of merge together. But anyway, Captain's Log, day four now of quarantine for me. <laughs> um we played an interesting game. As again, I'm still negative. Um, I'm not showing any symptoms. My my uh, my husband, who of course is positive, his only symptom, Carlo, I was telling you this before we started. It is so weird. He has lost his sense of taste, which is like the weirdest symptom to have. Yeah. So he's, we did like a little science experiment yesterday uh, where I was giving him different Skittles to see if he could t- figure out which flavor they were. And it was he was all sorts of messed up. He was calling the purple ones yellow, uh, the orange ones, you know, the green ones. So, yeah, <laughs> what a weird sort of symptom to have from COVID to lose your taste. Well, it's interesting because I, I obviously that was a big uh, symptom in the beginning, but the people who I know who have uh, come down with COVID in this most recent wave haven't had that. So uh, I don't know really what to make of that. But um, I, I also feel sort of run down this morning, but I don't know if that's just because I, uh, you know, just don't sleep and I'm a new father Perfect. and I treat my body like absolute crap or if it's COVID <laughs> or something else. <laughs> Who the heck I mean, knows? I mean, it is also four days until Christmas. Everybody is just, you know, I, I don't even, I want to say running on fumes, but like that was like two years ago when we were running on fumes. At this point, we're just running on sparks at this point. Like whatever <laughs> speaking is basically of, <laughs> running any part of the engine. Sp- speaking of which, I, I am failing this Christmas so hard. So I told you about how my one Christmas present to my dad got stolen. Still haven't found that. Right, right. Uh, two of my other Christmas gifts trip. aren't going to. Yeah, they're not going to get here in time uh, because, oh, I, you know, even though I, I made a big point on this podcast, everybody start doing your Christmas shopping in time to so it gets to where it needs to go. Uh, I didn't order the ex- expedited shipping. So now uh, my gifts to my mom and sister won't be there in time. And get this. Oh, you no. know how Becky Becky put me in charge of, of sending out the Christmas cards. Right. So I made my little okay. spreadsheet. I bought all my little <laughs> Santa stamps. And I've had I've had now two people text me and be like, Hey, we got your card, but there was no card in it. It was just an envelope. Oh my god! <laughs> so I don't know if they were stolen or if I didn't oh. lick them well enough. I am just wow. like, uh, it's a disaster the way, over here. That would be the most wild story ever. Is if there is a Christmas card thief on the loose. It's always like with my dad, like, but, but just takes the card, leaves the envelope. So like that was growing up as a kid, my dad, when he could never find the remote always was just like, Oh, well, somebody must've come in and stolen it. I'm like, yeah, dad, they right. just bypass all these expensive things <laughs> yeah. and they just like are Scrooge McDuck and they have tons of remotes at their house, but no televisions that match to any of it. So I just think that's so funny. Somebody at the Postal Service is messing with me, I think. I'm going to find out who it is. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, So with that being said, Carla, we have a lot of news, as you mentioned, the top to dive into. And let's actually start with uh, the Omicron variant. It now accounts 
for 73% of new COVID infections in this country. That is up from less than 1% at the start of the month. That according to the CDC. In places like New York, Omicron makes up 90% of the new infections, even though hospitalizations only slightly higher than they were just a couple weeks ago. And that's suggesting that the variant is not leading to the worst outcomes in areas with high vaccine penetration. That is really good news. Now, the president is expected to announce in an address to the nation tonight that the federal government will deploy medical personnel to overburden hospitals. And the government plans to buy 500 million rapid tests to distribute to the public for free. Uh, the New York Times is reporting regarding those 500 million tests that the administration is going to purchase. Those will not be available at least until January. But they do say the government intends to create a website where people, where people will request those tests to be sent to their homes free of charge. So a little bit better, Carlo, yeah. than the, uh, the jokes that we've been making fun of for a while, which is, Buy the rapid test if you can find it, by the way, which those are like right. the hardest things in the world to get. And then, oh, by the way, save the receipts and then charge your insurance later. Yeah. No, this is all really encouraging. There, uh, Biden's also going to announce that they're going to start uh, doing pop-up testing sites uh, that are federally, uh, you know, federally done around the country, starting in New York City. So all of this, I think, is encouraging. It sounds like the White House is, it has it together. I mean, who, who famous last word, right? But, um, it, you know, some of these numbers, though, on, on Omicron are just absolutely astounding. One out of 164 New York City residents that we know of has tested positive for this variant. In my old uh, neighborhood of the West Village, it's one out of 56 people. It's just I'm, not, I'm, spreading, I'm surprised it's like, even that high. I'm, 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 I'm surprised those numbers are not even like bigger than that. It's really, it's just incredible how transmissible this thing is. And and like you said, I mean, it's good, the good news is we're not seeing this rise in hospitalizations yet. So I'm hoping that what we've been saying, that this thing is going to burn hot and fast, continues uh, to be true. I mean, it's pretty obvious that we're vastly undercounting new infections. Um, yes. You, you can just tell. Because can you can't give a test. It. Yeah, and all, and that's good. I mean, so long as hospitalizations don't start really increasing, that remains good. And their hospitalizations nationwide are only up about 14% over the last two weeks. And most of those cases are almost certainly the Delta variant, just given the lag in the hospitalizations, right? Um, so Biden is going to make this point tonight that there aren't any more lockdowns coming. Um, which is, you know, I think a good point to make. But even without government intervention, we're really starting to see, um, you know, the, si the the effects of this new wave that pe that is having on people's spending habits. I was looking at uh, open table reservations, which is certain kind of become like a good way of like telling if people are starting to change their habits when it comes to going out to eat. Those reservations at restaurants are down double digits from 2019 levels. We're, they're back to close to where we saw last spring, um, which is really hard to jive with the packed movie theaters. Uh, we saw with Spider-Man this weekend, True. but I digress. Um, the lockdown debate, I think, has just been so bastardized that a lot of people forget that, you know, back in the spring of 2020, there was already this huge behavioral change that was happening even before any of the, um, you know, restrictions were enacted by by governments. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, shut themselves in even before they were told to by the Trump administration. Right. This is the kind of social contagion is what we have to be careful about this time around. And I think that this is what Biden has. This is sort of the fine line that he has to walk uh, tonight and what he needs to focus on tonight. You know, the extremely low risk of this variant to vaccinated people and the need to reestablish some normalcy in society. So I'm really pleased to see that he's going to surge FEMA personnel to hospitals. I think that's really one of the big headlines here. You know, a lot of people have written in saying that I've had sort of this cavalier attitude towards Omicron and it's misguided because I'm not taking into account the burden on hospitals. But 
I mean, I'm sorry, that that's what the federal government is for, right? We had to be mindful of the hospital burden in the beginning of this thing because we didn't really know what we were dealing with and there were no vaccines. But I'm sorry, but that's just not our job anymore. You know, these the, the people who are in the hospital with COVID are almost all unvaccinated. They all made their beds, quite literally. And honestly, I, I really couldn't care less what happens to them, to be honest. I know that that's really harsh, but I'm telling you how I feel, right? We're, we're being honest on this podcast. That's how I feel. And I bet you a dollars to donuts, I'm not the only person feeling this really intense sense of rage and frustration at this at these people that are the reason why this thing is continuing to go on to the extent that I'm changing my behavior at all. It's really just to try to keep my infant daughter from getting sick for her first Christmas. If not for Franny though, I wouldn't be really doing anything in my life differently. Uh, So it's interesting. One thing that uh, uh, the mayor Bill de Blasio essentially confirmed for what we were reporting yesterday, which was the, uh, the numbers out of South Africa looks like they, uh, they plateaued. And also the good news is at hospitalizations in South Africa, even though cases were up, hospitalizations still hadn't peaked up. So the fact that things were peaking in South Africa was good. And then yesterday, Mayor de Blasio in New York City also essentially confirmed that he thinks within the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a bumpy next couple of weeks, but he thinks we're going to peak in the next couple of weeks and things will bring back down. And yeah. and, and earlier, we're, we're same thing. Hospitals are not stretched right now in New York City. But as we mentioned yesterday, you know, this is a place that 90 percent of the population has at least received one dose of the vaccine. And as you mentioned just a few moments ago, the risk and chances of you getting hospitals uh, hospitalized because of COVID and Omicron continues to decrease depending on how many doses of the vaccine you have. So the, cur- the worry and concern will be as this stretches to other parts of the country that are not right, as heavily vaccinated, yeah. that that might be the next sort of thing that we have to watch here. It's yeah. good in terms of the vaccination, the vaccinated numbers in terms of people being able to, even though you're seeing breakthrough cases, hospitalizations are low. Yeah. But what happens when you're in Florida and Alabama and all these other places that have less than 50% vaccination rates here? Yeah, and that's, and that's where FEMA will come in to help manage that crisis right. if and when it happens. Uh, let's talk about some, uh, I think, surprising news regarding the boosters. And this is from former President Trump because he made his most pointed comments yesterday uh, in support of the vaccines that were developed under his watch. The former president was asked by Bill O'Reilly at an event in Dallas whether or not he had gotten his booster shot. And the former president replied he had. They um, That was met with a smattering of boos from the audience. Trump responded by telling his supporters that they are playing right into their hands by dismissing the vaccines. Uh, and we should note, the president has, uh, has said that at least he's received two full doses of the vaccine and the booster shot. We should also remember he got the Regeneron uh, antibody cocktail when he was uh, hospitalized, when he caught COVID. Um, but we know that the former president has been sort of adamant about not getting photographed, getting the, the yeah. or even a video of him doing that, which has led to so many conspiracy theories about whether or not it's sort of this wink, wink, nod, nod, whether or not he's been vaccinated or not from a lot of his followers. But either way, he and Bill O'Reilly both said that they were they were vaccinated. They implored the audience to get it as well. The only thing he sort of ran against was the mandates that were out there. Um, Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I was actually kind of impressed with the former president at least saying to get the booster shot here. Well, Trump has the ability of setting the bar so low that when he does something like this that anyone else you would just expect from them, we're all like, oh, 
Yes. Thank you, Mr. Right. Former President, for doing down, the right. absolute bare minimum. But but just back right. to the people who who booed the vaccine, because we saw that at CPAC earlier this year. It's like something out of idiocracy. Like, you seriously have to wonder if these people have worms in their brains. Like, just a, I, I can't I don't even want to get into it. But like, imagine being alive for one of the greatest scientific achievements in modern history. And your response to that is to boo it. I mean, it's like, <laughs> but um, right. uh, anyway, that clip, that clip of uh, of Trump yesterday, which I'm linking to in the newsletter today because it's worth watching. Somebody should be cutting that, yeah, and turning it into a commercial, putting it on Fox News, Max, OAN, wherever. <laughs> these people. Seriously, just air it, air it all day long. This is your guy telling you why you should get vaccinated and boosted from vaccines that were developed theoretically under his purview. Own the libs, guy, by getting vaccinated against this deadly virus, right? It just it, this also goes to my pet theory, um, the great counterfactual of 2021 Baker, which is uh, had Trump been reelected, would we be at 80 percent vaccination and would COVID be a thing of the past by now? There's a really good argument there that that's the, that would have happened. I mean, look, that, that is a that is a fair question because we know how much the vaccines have been heavily politicized and a lot of the people who are unvaccinated um, not all of them, but a, a, a large proportion of them are followers and fans of the former president. Um, and we know that they won't take it based off of Joe Biden, you know, administering it's mm -hmm. his administration that is administering these vaccines. So would it in an ulterior in, in a weird alternate universe, if the former president was still president, would these people be getting the vaccine? That is a that is a very interesting question to sort of pose. Here. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's uh, stick with politics. Build back better. Is it dead? Or maybe does it have, is it, maybe is there a little bit of a heartbeat left on yeah. this thing? Senator Joe Manchin laid out a new path forward for President Biden's Build Back Better agenda. That after the senator from West Virginia torpedoed the bill over the weekend, speaking at a local West Virginia radio station, uh, Manchin signaled he's open to a new bill that goes through the Senate's committee process rather than a one-party line vote on a budget reconciliation process. Uh, Manchin's also said he was infuriated by White House staffers who he indicated pushed him to his, quote, wit's end during the negotiations over the legislation. Now, there is some new reporting on all of this this morning from Politico. It seems to indicate that uh, President Biden spoke with Joe Manchin yesterday. It seems like they were able to sort of bury the hatchet. Uh, and a lot of other people are indicating that Joe Manchin's frustrations were more with White House aides and advisors, not Joe yeah. Biden himself, which is giving a lot of Democrats optimism out there that maybe this thing can be revived into the next year. And that's according to Politico's reporting. That's what Joe Biden told Joe Manchin. They'll start this back up in January. Um, the, the Maybe this, you know, if, if certain provisions that Joe Manchin sort of supports, obviously they're not the, the popular provisions like the extended child tax credit, uh, paid uh, paternal and maternal leave, um, sort of the more popular provisions. But if you strip out all of those and you do the things that maybe Joe Manchin likes, maybe some of this bill is salvageable at the end of the day. Yeah, the White House playing down uh, the rift between Manchin and Biden just in this hope that they could, you know, salvage something in the new year. It, it is interesting, though, right? I, you know, Biden does not have good people around him in this White House, I, or at least I don't think that they're very uh, good at sort of um, carrying his agenda. I, I, I They're just, I mean, you this is a great example of that. Also, I just wanted to make one note of that. There's this report, I think it came out of the Huffington Post, um, circulating that Manchin had privately bemoaned uh, the extension of the child tax credit um, because he was worried that poor parents would spend the money on, you know, booze and cigarettes yeah, and I drugs. Saw that report. 
you know, so even putting aside that there's really no evidence of that actually being a, a, a problem specific to welfare, and this is something that goes back to the 90s. This was like a big talking point during welfare reform under the Clinton administration. You know, addicts, um, yeah, of course, right? There's addicts, right? Addicts will spend money regardless of where it comes from, whether it comes from a paycheck or uh, the government or if they steal it. Like, it's, it's just that's, that's part of addiction. Uh, it's terrible. But it's insane to think that the answer to that is to just not provide that benefit to millions of families because some of them perhaps won't spend it how the government wants them to spend it. It's just, I don't know. I thought I was really struck by that because it seemed like such an, such a throwback to another time. I feel like we're much more enlightened now about these sorts of things. Um, so anyway, that, just, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to mention. All right. Uh, meanwhile, we're on verdict watch right now. Uh, Carlo, three high profile trials are now in the hands of jurors. The jury in the Ghislaine Maxwell sep uh, sex trafficking trial got the case after the prosecution and events clashed in closing arguments over Maxwell's purported role in Jeffrey Epstein's sex abuse enterprise. Now, across the country in California, jurors are in the process of wading through months of testimony in the Elizabeth Holmes fraud case. Um, both cases, Carlo, likely to basically um, continue into the, to, uh, most people expect the deliberations to continue at least through the rest of the week, potentially on both of these cases. I don't think very many people are very bullish that we would get a verdict before Christmas. Well, there's also this case in Minneapolis that we haven't really been covering. We probably should have uh, jurors deliberating over whether Kim Potter, a former uh, police officer from suburban Minneapolis, is criminally responsible for killing Dante Wright, uh, a black man, during a traffic stop last uh, – was that earlier this year, I think? Yeah. Anyway, um, she mixed up her taser for her Glock and, and shot and killed him. The facts of that case are actually not really in dispute. She admitted as much um, and – was another one of these defendants who took the stand uh, to, to sort of explain that. Um, so the case here is just a matter of whether she should be convicted of manslaughter for making that pretty obviously reckless mistake. Uh, I don't know. I mean, no jury, I think, wants to stay sequestered over Christmas. So I think we'll probably see a rush of these verdicts um, by the end of the week. Yeah, which is po absolutely possible. I mean, I don't know if they're still planning to deliberate on Christmas Eve. So I don't know if sort of Thursday is the cutoff on a lot of these. But either way, We'll keep our audience updated on all that stuff. Uh, meanwhile, let's talk lumber prices. They are on the rise again, Carlo, nearly doubling just in the last five weeks. Prices are up from $540 per thousand board feet, which I didn't know that was actually a measurement, uh, a unit of measurement there. Uh, those prices were back in mid-November. They cost now $1,000 today. That's still down from where they were at in the spring, where prices were $1,700. Recent floods in British Columbia, where much of the U.S. lumber supply originates, has exacerbated a lumber market that was already tight because of the strong home building activity. And on top of this, don't forget Lowe's in their earnings report uh, when they're forecasting their earnings for next year. Lowe's actually envisions either a little bit of a tick down or flat sort of earnings for next year. They're expecting not a lot of home improvements for next year. Oh, interesting. I didn't see that. Everybody makes fun of me for 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 sticking on the lumber beat on this podcast. But it's, I think <laughs> no, lum I lumber. Think, <laughs> when you have a home, it's important. Lumber beat is a very well, important beat to, to own. It's it is. It's just a good economic indicator, both in terms of inflation and in terms of where the housing market is. Also, it's something that I didn't know um, about this that I, I learned yesterday. That I wanted to, The Biden administration actually recently doubled tariffs on Canadian lumber. Uh, that was a move that was welcomed by American lumber companies, but has had the effect of adding to these rising prices. So it's, I'm not exactly sure why Biden or the Commerce Department in this case would think that that was a smart thing to do right now, given the inflationary environment. But uh, they did it.
And that's part of the that's part of the issue. Okay, Baker, let's do a little more to know before we go. All right, back on COVID, the NHL breaking for Christmas early. That is, it tries to weather a growing COVID outbreak that's put more than 15% of the league's players now in COVID protocol. All hockey facilities will close from tomorrow through Saturday with the schedule set to restart on December the 27th. NHL officials also expected to make a decision soon about whether players can participate in the Beijing Olympics, which would just be incredible, Carlo, uh, to have the Beijing Olympics, one of the biggest sort of um, events during the Winter Olympics, hockey. So not having any of these NHL players would be pretty huge. I can't even believe that we're going to be doing another Olympics in the next couple of weeks. Uh, also, just sticking on the sort of COVID closure beat, if you're planning a trip to the Big Apple over the holidays, which a lot of people are, just be aware here the Broadway shows are now being canceled left and right over, uh, you know, various spikes in COVID cases amid their, um, you know, their, their production staff and, and cast. Hamilton, Hadestown, Dear Evan Hansen, Harry Potter, and the new Michael Jackson musical, MJ, are among the shows that are pausing their performances until at least after. After Christmas. So if you come to New York expecting to see one of these shows this week, uh, you won't. Uh, Jagged Little Pill, by the way, which is that oh, rock musical so based on the Alanis Morissette album, they're closing for good, making that show the first casualty of this Omicron variant. Jagged Little Pill. I was in tears, Carlo. I, it was such a good Did you see it? It was good? Yes, yes, which is why the Tonys really loved that uh, that show. So when I saw this news mm -hmm. that it was shutting down permanently, uh, just absolutely broke my heart that no more people will be able to watch this. So I really hope it gets revived down the road. Meanwhile, the January 6th committee asking Congressman Scott Perry of Pennsylvania to turn over his communications with the Trump administration, that in the run-up to the Capitol riot, and that's the first request for documents from a sitting member of Congress. The panel also reportedly weighing whether if there's enough evidence to send a referral for criminal charges against Donald Trump as well. And we should know Donald Trump also issuing a, a legal statement trying to stop the New York Attorney General Letitia James from investigating him as well. Man, if they uh, refer criminal charges to the DOJ against Trump, that's going to put Merrick Garland in uh, quite an interesting Ooh, position because he's been yeah. he's been really trying to sidestep this uh, as attorney general so far. Uh, meanwhile, uh, California residents got a nice little jolt yesterday. Six point two earthquake hit off the coast of northern California, about 45 miles from the city of Eureka. Uh, people reported moderate shaking, no injuries or deaths, thankfully, and just some moderate damage like kind of, you know, bottles falling off store shelves and whatnot. I think um, I think if you're a Californian, you don't really get out of bed for anything below a 7.0, right? Isn't that what they no, say? No, that is very true. I, I've <laughs> been through many an earthquake before in my time before. So, yes, very true. Uh, meanwhile, an update to the Spider-Man story we were telling you yesterday, Carlo. Uh, Spider-Man's final opening week numbers in now, and they're even more amazing than we were telling you yesterday. Uh, Spider-Man made uh, $600 million globally, the third best global opening of all time. It's also eclipsed Avengers Infinity War as the second best domestic open behind just Avengers Endgame. And what makes this more impressive is one, it did it without the Chinese market because it hasn't even uh, played mm. yet in China. And China is the largest box office in the entire world. And two, it's doing this with rising Omicron cases across the globe, including yep. in Europe and the United States, but yet that has not deterred people from still going to see the film. Spider-Man is probably the best superhero, I would say. So I guess I get Next it. Next to Batman. And I would say Batman may yeah. be better. I like Batman. I do. I like I like Spider-Man because it has sort of like the New York, uh, you know, connection. Sure. Uh, and finally, uh, 
on on first dog watch here, a new puppy has joined the first family. I don't know if you saw this video that came out of the White House yesterday. White House confirming that President Biden was given a purebred German Shepherd puppy as a birthday gift from his brother last month. Uh, The pup is named Commander. He moved into 1600 Penn. Yesterday, he is very cute indeed. Uh, White House spokesperson also saying that the family's other dog, Major, is going to stay in Delaware in a quote, quieter environment with family friends after those biting incidents earlier this year. And also, a cat will be joining the family yes. next month. Did they kill Major? Did they kill Major? So, uh, so wait, Major was the one that died. Major was the one. <laughs> no, no, yeah, Champ but, uh, died. Major is oh, the yes, one right, who, right. who bit yes. those people, and they, they're sending to the farm upstate, it sounds like. Right. Yeah. So Major, uh, clearly living in the White House was not the best place for him. No matter. Apparently, I've been reading a bunch of different reports. They had dog therapists, dog tra- multiple dog trainers try to help out with Major to make sure that he felt more comfortable in the White House. Clearly, it was not working whatsoever with all these biting incidents. But also, uh, Dr. Jill Biden had indicated a while ago that a cat was going to be joining uh, the White House. We have not had a cat in the White House in many, 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 many decades, Carla. Socks. No, there were socks. Yes. During the Clinton, yes, what so- was that? It was 20, uh, during the Clinton years, right? Yeah, so I think that was the last cat that was. That in was the, the last cat. Okay, anyway, well, hopefully that cat will do okay with those German shepherds running around. Um, <laughs> yes, all right, so. <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, I, I kid, by the way. I have rescued pets. Or my family has rescued dogs themselves, and that's why I always feel bad about for these dogs like Major, because some dogs just aren't aren't supposed to be in those like a crazy setting like the White House. It's just too much for them. I feel bad. Yeah, uh, all right, guys, no, that's what you need to know for Tuesday, December 21st. We'll see you guys tomorrow.